0: The oldest known human footprints in North America have been discovered at this incredible place.
1: I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Hello and welcome back to all of our listeners from around the world and across the United States. We're happy to have you back with us. For some more incredible stories. And uh, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. Welcome to the party. We hope that you uh, stay, sit, grab yourself something to drink, uh, and get ready to enjoy some very exciting stories. If you like what you hear, and let's say you would like to hear some more incredible stories, well, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button right there. And every Friday, your ears will be treated to the sweetest sound our voice and some of the most incredible <laughs> stories you'll ever hear. So uh, please take advantage of that. It's it's absolutely free, no charge to you.
0: Well, I don't know if both our voices are sweet. Uh, you know, I've always thought of sweet and sour
1: as a pair. <laughs> <laughs> well, they complement each other. You
0: know? <laughs> oh, we're happy to have you folks with us again. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you, and you know. We understand that you're listening to us in 56 different countries around the world and across the United States, and all I can say is we're absolutely thrilled every time we come into the studio to create a story just for you. Um, Tonight, tonight, Gary, we're going to be talking about one of the most incredible places on Earth, and it's a place you have been Where is that? White Sands National Park in Alamogordo, New Mexico.
1: Oh, my old stomping
0: grounds. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can start off going down the uh, old um, memory trail. Um, Tell us a little bit about your childhood experiences there at White Sands.
1: Oh, I just thinking about uh, the days I used to spend running around the open desert, playing with rattlesnakes and yeah, really. And yeah. <laughs> now, um, uh, my <laughs> fondest memories of uh, living in New Mexico were going out to White Sands uh, because you worked out there as a seasonal park ranger. Yes. And the coolest thing was, you would call us and say, "Hey, they're filming a movie," or "Hey, they're filming a TV show," or a music video out here. Come in and check it out. So well, I got to be on a lot of movie sets. I got to be on a lot of commercial uh, sets and, and music video sets. I got to see a lot of really awesome stuff, and I really think that fed into my interest in uh, in film, television, stuff like that. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, the the movie White Sands.
1: Yeah, with Was Mickey Rourke that? and. Um,
0: yeah, you remember those uh, sets and the tanks and everything?
1: Yeah, uh, I think. Well, that tank—that that was, was Tank, tank Girl. Girl. Tank yeah, Girl was tank the one that Girl. had the tanks. Uh, mm-hmm. White Sands—they had a few things out there. I didn't really—I um, the only thing I remember is um, that there was a lot of celebrities in town. Uh, William Defoe was in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey Rourke, some other people. I remember one time, um, uh, Chris O'Donnell and Drew Barrymore were filming a scene from whatever movie they were doing, and they were in town when that happened mm-hmm. um i mean we've, we've had a lot of people come out there for a lot of different uh janet jackson mm-hmm. uh came to do a music video out there i mean we've we had a lot of people a lot of people mm-hmm.
0: plus uh let's um think about all the recreational time uh, you spent out there <clears throat> many picnics in the picnic benches and so picnic many areas
1: uh also just sliding down the dunes Yes, I, I always had fun doing that. Um, found a snowboard one time, mm-hmm. and um, somebody had ditched it there, and so uh, you had picked it up. And so um, I didn't know how to snowboard, so I spent most of my time on my rear end. Uh, but did I have fun doing it? Yes, I did.
0: Yes, indeed. Yeah, and
1: one of the weirdest things, but I think it's all what all children have done at some point, uh, was going to the top of the dunes. And flinging myself off and just tumbling uncontrollably down <laughs> until I smacked into the ground.
0: Oh, such fun! So you much didn't fun. really smack; it was I, a very soft landing. It was, yeah.
1: Well, you you start to lose momentum once you you know get a little bit further down, but yeah, the uh, sand actually holds. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. But uh, but I tell you what, it's fun. And I'd always come home with sand in my hair and mm-hmm. my ears between Chews. my toes and up my oh, nose. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep. 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 Good times, good times. <clears throat>
0: and of course, um, we did something that um, I have to. Um, keep a uh, halfway secret um i think i don't think my supervisors would have been happy uh, if i uh, told them this but um every once in a while i'd let you jump into the uh patrol car mm-hmm. and run around at night in the patrol car when i was closing the park
1: oh they all knew that <laughs> they, they all knew that because you, you were would
0: park mascot
1: there you go you would take <laughs> me over to the area because uh the rangers lived right there mm-hmm. um on on site yeah, a lot of them. not all of them but the full-time rangers full-time did. rangers right they lived right. there on site and so um of course they they saw and you'd swing by and talk to them and they'd say hi and mm-hmm. and whatnot so uh yeah i was no stranger to anybody out there yeah. I got, I remember helping you close down the park a few nights. Yeah,
0: that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, that was always huh? fun. A little that bit
1: creepy, fun. though, too, because I don't think uh, anybody realizes when you're out there in the desert and it's nighttime and there's no city lights, it's pitch black.
0: Oh, yeah, but you can see every star in the sky. Oh, you can. You can see every Unbelievable. single star. You can That night sky is yeah. absolutely beautiful gorgeous
1: it is now it's different when the moon is out if you have a full moon it's different then you can see a lot more mm-hmm. and it has a weird kind of eerie cast to everything living in the desert is a different experience and uh one i always enjoyed and the, the one thing i really miss about living out west um especially going to white sands in the evenings when the sun would set you would have these amazing sunsets and and they would be Uh, gold blue purple and red and those colors because the sand is white the sand picks up the colors of that sunset and so the sand is blue purple red yellow and the sky is just just like an artist's palette it is it's 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 unbelievable unbelievable. you really have to see it to believe it yeah so anyway so
0: uh and that is your personal um my childhood recollection of white sands national park um the united states of america recognized this as a very special place on uh, january 18 1933. yeah Uh, i've got a little history trivia question for you on this oh share please okay in 1933 franklin d roosevelt was elected president (coughs) get out of town yeah and he'd serve four terms but on um, january 18 1933. Yeah, President Herbert Hoover designated it as national park. How how could that oh. be? How could that be?
1: That's a good question. How is that? That's a little confusing.
0: Well, because here's a little known fact in history: mm-hmm. um, at that time, a president was elected in November of the previous year. Yeah, and then was not sworn in until March of the following year nowadays the president is elected in the previous year november but is sworn in in january january 20th okay Mm -hmm. so but uh even even so um if it was january 18th uh hoover still would have been president but um I don't think uh, Franklin Roosevelt took over till March. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. but Because at yeah. some point in history, that's the way it was. The president wasn't um, sworn in until sure. March. So that's a little bit of uh, history. Um, by the way, this is the most visited park in New Mexico. 600,000 visitors a year Wow! come to this remote location to see this. I would say one of the wonders of the world.
1: Yeah, well, it's one a, of the
0: natural wonders of the world.
1: Really, for anybody who lives out there, it's like going to the beach, but you just don't have water.
0: Yeah, and we've already talked about the beautiful sky and how the yeah. colors play on the sand. And uh, Now, uh, the park features, uh, for those folks who might think about a visit, uh, a drive from the visitor center into the heart of the dunes. They have the picnic areas. They have a, a backcountry campground in the dune field, and that's pretty rustic camping, Gary.
1: <laughs> oh, I know you, it is. You,
0: I don't think a beginner camper would be totally comfortable in that situation.
1: Well, it, at least you don't have to worry about bears.
0: Yeah, they had uh, marked hiking trails. They And, of course, you mentioned the sledding on the dunes. And then the ranger-guided orientation and nature walks. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, were they ever popular. Especially the ones in the evening. The stargazing um, one was the most popular when I was there. Yeah, one of the rangers would uh, talk about all the different stars and planets in the sky.
1: Yeah, they do that whole lecture about um, yeah the different constellations mm-hmm. and everything.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and uh, <coughs> so how how big uh, was is the park? Would you think ginormous? Ginormous? Yes. Uh, How about 145,762 acres? And out of that, there's a 275 square mile field of just white sand dunes. And those sand dunes are composed of gypsum crystals, Gary. That's what makes them feel so soft. It doesn't feel like sand. No, it really doesn't. It it feels like
1: talcum powder. Powder,
0: Mm -hmm. Talcum powder. Yes, that's exactly what it feels like. Now, I mentioned uh, earlier in our little teaser that the oldest known human footprints in North America were discovered there. Uh, The researchers have identified approximately 60 fossilized footprints buried in layers of the gypsum soil, and then by carbon dating seeds embedded in the footprints, um, they discovered, the scientists discovered, that humans have been living in this region for around 23 years. Thousand a year. Wow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which blew away the estimates of human arrival in North America between thirteen and sixteen thousand years ago. Wow, that's a. And a there's even time. evidence of early man campfires. Although I don't know <laughs> if those campfires go back twenty-three thousand uh, years, but they could go back. thousand or more now those areas are totally off limits to the public the public cannot go there they're not advertised nobody knows about them Uh, nobody knows where they are and even as one of the rangers who worked at the park i do not know where these fossilized footprints
1: were located so you don't know no
0: only the archaeological ranger and maybe the superintendent But for the most part, uh, nobody knows where those footprints are, are located. And the archeological ranger did take me out to some of those early man campfires. Oh, did he? So I have seen those. But again, they're totally, you know, um, closed, closed off to visitors. You cannot, you cannot see them. Now, um, if we go back about 12,000 years, Gary, uh, that that wasn't just sand. There were giant lakes in that area, if you could Of course. Lakes and streams and grasslands because the climate was actually wetter and cooler. And we know that in New Mexico now it's warm and dry. It's not. Constantly. It's not wet
1: and cool. No.
0: And uh, the water created one of the largest lakes in the entire southwest, and they called it Lake Otero, and it covered 1,600 square miles. Wow. Yeah, so that's a gigantic prehistory lake. That's
1: a big lake. lake. It's a very big lake.
0: as you can imagine, under this wetter environment, Mm -hmm. it teemed with life. There were small rodents and the rabbits, similar to what we have there today.
1: Yeah, they have jackrabbits and kangaroo Um, rats and all sorts of stuff.
0: In in addition to these uh, um, animals that you have actually seen there today, there were enormous ice age mammals woolly mammoth yep mammoths you're right ground sloths you're not going to believe this but we even had ancient
1: camels ancient camels yes what's an ancient camel Uh, what would an ancient camel uh, you know what now i gotta google it And they had wolves and saber-toothed cats. I could say maybe the saber-toothed cats, but wolves, that seems a little... Coyotes, yes. Mm -hmm. Were there
0: ancient coyotes? So, okay, let's talk a little bit about these animals, Gary, uh, for this incredible place. Uh, One of the uh, ancient uh, animals that's not there anymore... Oh, oh my
1: gosh, I'm looking at the ancient camels. They don't look anything like what I thought they would. Is that right? Describe it. They have gigantic necks. But like a goiter, uh-huh. you know, like a huge goiter. Oh, okay. They're gigantic.
0: Ancient camel. Uh, let's ta- uh, they're uh, commonly associated with Africa, but they actually originated here.
1: In the Americas? Yeah, in North America. Really? Yep.
0: Um, and, of course, there's some species that are extinct, but they roamed this continent uh in the pleistocene era and that giant probably looked a lot like the modern one humped dromedary camels but it also had longer legs can you see that i do
1: they actually have a comparison they have a person who uh, let's see what it says on the chart how tall it's okay so their legs were approximately six foot long
0: yeah up to seven feet yeah up to seven which uh, for our european friends it's that's over two meters um tall at the shoulder and they grazed and browsed over the um, large ranges and they left behind distinctive footprints and that's why we know they were there at white sands in the Pleistocene
1: yeah. era i wonder what caused them to die out i don't know well i mean the, it, the climate change
0: well yeah see, but, it was wet and uh, cool and and now it's hot and dry right but camels live in the desert and that giant lake just
1: dried up well maybe that's more yeah. more the problem that the lake dried up because yeah. that would have taken away a water, water source. supply a giant yeah. water source. but i was going to say i mean they camels live <clears throat> in deserts mm-hmm. and can go long periods of time without water they can store it in that mm-hmm. large hump they have mm-hmm. but if there's no water to drink period then i could see why they, they probably would have migrated that long yeah, yeah. <laughs> not for <laughs> not not for several million years
0: yeah <laughs> they also had american lions there lions yep lions they were very fierce predators really yeah they're about four feet tall that's 1.2 at the shoulder but uh, they could weigh over 500 pounds which is 230 kilograms the american lions were large they had long slender legs and and of course that was well suited for chasing down their prey and well they Most likely hunted by ambush, Gary, and they preyed on the deer. They preyed on the camels. Yeah. And the ground sloths and the bison and even the young mammoths. So we also have what they call dire wolves uh, back in the ancient days there at White Sands. That was one of the most common large predators in North America. They were large wolves, and they're about the same size as our modern gray wolves, but they have a heavier, more muscular build.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the um, the American lion right now. Okay, it looks a lot different. I mean, not not too different. It, you can tell it's definitely a lion, mm-hmm. but the markings on it are different, much different. And what was the other one?
0: Um, dire, D-I-R-E wolf. D-I-R-E,
1: D-I-R-E. wolf. <coughs> a
0: dire wolf. Um, they had powerful jaws and a stronger bite than our
1: modern wolves. Yeah, big.
0: Probably they hunted in packs. Um, I've got some more here. Are you ready Oh, lay it
1: path? on me. Um,
0: Harlan's ground sloth. Now, the sloths were ancient relatives of the modern tree sloths and armadillos. Yeah. You've seen armadillos.
1: Yeah, and you know what? We actually have at our museum here, we have uh, a giant ground sloth fossil, and we also have the giant armadillo.
0: Mm-hmm. And we'd see armadillos a lot. Dead, uh, on the side yeah
1: of the road. I was gonna say mostly on the side of the road <laughs> yeah. I've seen a few of them in in real life I actually moved one from the road I didn't pick it up because uh, from what I understand they got a lot of bacteria on them but mm-hmm. but that thing moved <laughs> so slow and it seemed like it was it was so riddled with um, anxiety about mm-hmm. where to step off the road like he was looking for the perfect spot to go in the grass mm-hmm. and I was thinking you're you're a small animal a wild animal in the middle of the road. There's not really a lot to be picky about. Just take your little self and move into the grass. And I kept trying to shoo him over there, but he, yeah. he put his toe in. He's like, like, uh, like I'm a, not going. Well, I would say like a, a high maintenance dog. Mm-hmm. You know how you have these little dogs very high maintenance. They're not going to go in the grass because it's too high or it, it doesn't feel comfortable. It's weird. So he had to move himself down until he found a little area of dirt Mm-hmm. that he was going to step off the road and then stand in the dirt and then make his way. Mm-hmm. But he wouldn't touch the grass. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> so these are ground sloths, Gary. Uh, they stood 10 feet tall.
1: Oh, they're gigantic.
0: That's three meters. Yeah. They weighed over a ton. <whistles> so for us, that's 2,200 pounds. Um, and for the, uh, our European friends, that's uh, about 1,000 kilograms. And so these uh, ground sloth tracks uh, sometimes were mistaken for the tracks of a giant human.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. So they believed that giants existed. Bigfoot.
0: <coughs> hey, you know what? Maybe that's where the Bigfoot legend uh, started. Uh, hey,
1: you know what? You, you're saying that out loud now. I mean, mm-hmm. if you came across an uh, ancient footprint in the woods, yeah, I could see how it would be easy to... yeah you know mm-hmm. mistake that for something sure. like oh my gosh i think there's a giant ape man out here
0: Uh well, the last one i have for you is the columbian mammoth and uh they're responsible for a lot of the mammoth tracks found there at white sands uh mm-hmm. they were massive they stood up to four, 14 feet tall wow yeah that's over four meters four meters tall And they weighed 18,000 to 22,000 pounds. And like our modern elephants, they had large tusks. They had ridged teeth for eating plants. And because of their massive size and herbivorous diet, they'd have to eat a lot. Some scientists say that could have added up to them having to eat 16 to 18 hours a day. Can you imagine how you would look if you ate 16 to 18 hours a day?
1: Oh, I know what I looked like when I ate. 18 16 hours a day. It did not work well for me. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. So uh, let's go from ancient times back to your childhood days. <clears throat> Here are some of the things we experienced at White Sands. Remember the tarantulas?
1: Oh, my gosh. Don't Giant get me started about spiders? the tarantulas. Yeah, I remember mom also worked seasonal, but she worked in the ticket booth. And I remember one time... Um, her and whoever she was partnered up with, they were in there um, doing the, the uh, visitors um, getting their taking, fee and taking the visitors fees, taking the visitor fee and giving them admission uh, you know, mm-hmm. to the park. Mm-hmm. And they were in there counting the money and a tarantula had gotten in <laughs> and, and those things can jump. They can jump. And um, so they were both, Freaked out because there was only one door to get into the ticket booth, and the tarantula had positioned himself near yeah, the door. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, you're not allowed as a park ranger no. to kill you any can, of the wildlife. You cannot. None of the wildlife. No. So, when I had to go remove a tarantula from one of the uh, outhouses there out in the park I was it
1: had, the outhouse or, uh, i mean was it the tarantula or was it the rattlesnake
0: no that was the tarantula out there in the outhouse in the uh oh, okay. in the park uh i had to use something uh along as a broomstick because i didn't want that thing jumping on me mm-hmm. and you couldn't just kill it you know you had to let it go on its way sure and you mentioned rattlesnakes uh, there were two different uh kinds that i came in contact with there I saw a sidewinder one night in the parking lot when I was finishing my shift. (laughs) And that thing was moving along sideways. And boy, I tell you what, you know right away what kind of rattlesnake that is. Oh, yeah. Uh, But the uh, rattlesnake you referred to, (laughs) the regular kind, (laughs) he was uh, down in the women's restroom at at the the visitor
1: center. visitor center, yeah.
0: So I got a radio call. I got a radio call uh, while I was on patrol out in the dunes uh, that there was a rattlesnake and the, you know, in the women's restroom and so i had to come down and remove it and so i headed that way and i started thinking okay do i want to put on my emergency lights and siren and get there real fast or do i want to take my time <laughs> and hope he just goes away <laughs> and hope that he just goes away yeah. uh, snakes and i even though i was a park ranger snakes and i just weren't comfortable with each other so
1: you weren't there for the uh the wildlife you were there for the
0: uh yeah the human wildlife Uh is what i had to take care of mostly so anyways i said oh boy somebody's sure gonna get hurt because they're gonna treat this like disneyland and they're gonna get right up close to it and take their pictures and get bitten so i hit the lights and the siren and i zipped on down the, the main uh Rode through the park yeah. and got there. And sure enough, there were some visitors, you know, just a couple feet away from this rattlesnake
1: yeah.
0: taking their photos. I mean, I just couldn't believe Well, I could believe it because I thought maybe people do be. those things. Yeah. yeah. And
1: so uh, the first uh-huh. thing
0: I did when I, and of course they were kind of startled when they saw sure. a police car coming, you know, with lights and sirens. They probably there.
1: thought they were in trouble.
0: <laughs> and I said, uh, folks, you may want to step away. That thing can really jump and it is deadly. And so, oh, so then they started to move back a little bit. And then I thought to myself, Richard, how are you going to get rid of that thing?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So we had a, you know, a snake tool, a long thing, a long pole that had a little hook-like device on it. Yeah,
1: a little grabber, right?
0: Yeah, that you could grab them by the head and carry them to wherever you wanted to carry them. And so... (laughs) It went down behind uh, the little brick uh, retainer wall. And so I reached down with my hook and got a hold of it and started pulling it up. And then when the snake started coming to view, I realized I had made a serious mistake.
1: Why? You had his tail? I had
0: his tail. Oh, no. So I knew that if I continued (laughs) pulling him up, over the retainer wall uh-huh. once his head had cleared the wall and he saw me I was going to be a goner
1: uh-huh.
0: so uh, I said you know what I'm going to have to administer a little attitude adjustment yeah <laughs> so I uh swung the pole uh, in the little space was there a few mm-hmm. times and <laughs> knocked him around a little bit and kind of dazed him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so when he started to kind of go limp ooh ouch ooh that
1: hurts uh-huh. Yeah.
0: i said okay now i can get him out of there safely and yeah. which i did and i got him into the the brush it, area real fast and you know threw him into there with the with the hook and breathed a sigh of relief but oh uh-huh. my gosh <laughs> he was still alive i didn't kill him but, uh-huh. but, uh, he, he, he went on his merry he little he probably light. needed some aspirin or excedrin for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for his headache <laughs> <laughs> we had the beetles, too. Remember the beetles and all the little neat tracks they'd leave? In yeah, the- yeah,
1: the, the little black uh, desert beetles. They stink bugs. Um, and it was what you could do. <laughs> of course, you could get yourself in trouble really fast. Um, if you gave them a little tap-tap uh, on their back, they would stand on their head. But that little trick that they did, which was comical to mm. all of us uh, children, Yeah is a warning sign. Yeah. It says, if you keep tapping me I'm or messing with me, I'm going to do something to you, <laughs> and you're not going to like it. And that little thing that those little beetles do is spray out this juice that mm-hmm. reeks, and once it gets on you, it's hard to get off, and it smells terrible. You will stink. Right, so once is okay, twice is pushing it. You keep doing it, you're going to get sprayed by this. And it, I never got hit by it, but I remember one time, uh, I saw that uh, fluid shoot out, and I jumped back because I knew what that meant. I had pushed my limits with this little beetle. But they did leave little interesting little tracks, but they're harmless. They just they just make you smell bad.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and like I say, they leave the most incredible uh, and interesting uh, tracks.
1: Yeah, we used to chase after the little white uh, lizards that were out there yeah. too.
0: Well, I've got two more samples here before we wrap up. Uh, okay. One of them is oryx. Were you with me uh, the night that an oryx uh, walked across right in front of my patrol? Yeah, I
1: was with you with that one.
0: And uh, these, t- tell our listeners what the oryx looks.
1: So, like. So basically an oryx is a um, is a uh, type of uh, antelope that um, is originally from Africa. Yeah, looks like an and antelope too. It looks like an antelope, but it has these uh, black stripes on it. It has these pointed horns that are very long. And they they leap, I mean, like when they when they prance they're they're leaping across when they're really going, but they can run too they're they're fast, fast animals, they're beautiful, yeah, but gorgeous, they are not native to New Mexico, in fact, no. they were originally brought in from Africa, and they were brought there to be hunted and but they ended up thriving in that desert environment because it's so f- um very similar to where they came from. Yeah. That <clears throat> it is very much um, a habitat that worked for them. So um, I don't know if I would say that would you classify that as an invasive species? I mean, they 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 stay just right there in the park yeah. area. They don't go outside of it.
0: They're beautiful and they don't harm anything. No. And so uh, that's their new habitat. Yeah, and they're very comfortable there. Right. And of course, but you're not allowed
1: to hunt them anymore, right? No, no, no. They're no, protect, no, no, They're no, federally no, no, protected. No, no. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Everything.
0: And the park is uh, federally
1: protected. Yeah. You can't kill anything. But they're like gorgeous.
0: Can't kill the tarantulas. Yeah. Can't kill the rattlesnakes. Yeah.
1: But um, But you can see them. I. I we've seen them go across in front, of the, mm-hmm. in front of your car. And I've seen them before grazing outside near the fence along the road. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> they don't go outside. Of, I've never seen an orcs go outside the fence. They're pretty happy right where they're at. Yeah. But they'll go over there because sometimes you get the tall grass that grows right there next yeah. to the barbed wire. And they'll go over there and they'll graze on that, but I've seen them.
0: And mostly you just see them at night because during the daytime when people are around, they avoid the people. They
1: try and avoid the people, but that's not to say that you wouldn't. It's just it's harder to see them because they're trying to stay in their area.
0: Last but not least, the tarantula hawk wasp.
1: Oh, that's your story.
0: And this is how I came in contact with a tarantula hawk wasp. Mm -hmm. I had just finished a patrol up in the uh, heart of the sand dunes and was uh, driving into the um, the kiosk area, the entryway.
1: And uh, you were with a partner, too.
0: Yes, I was with a fellow ranger. She was uh, in the passenger side. I was in the driver's side driving. Mm -hmm. And I felt this little sting through the heavy-duty park uniform pants that I was wearing. Mm -hmm. But I felt this little sting on my leg, and I looked down, and it looked like oh my gosh there's a bird and it looked like a bird it was like a a hummingbird yeah Yeah. (laughs) and uh, we knew that it was something that bit so i pulled over in a heartbeat and both of us bailed out of the car leaving the doors open yeah and uh, the tarantula hawk wasp flew away can't kill anything in the park (laughs) But I got a uh, heavy duty bite from a tarantula hawk wasp and they are really, you don't want to run into them.
1: No, in fact, I remember there's uh, actually a guy um, on YouTube uh, who um, experiments with uh, animals and um, being stung by them. I can't think of his name right now, but uh, he got stung by a tarantula hawk wasp. And describe the uh, sensation. But I remember when you went through it. Um, I got cellulitis. You, you got cellulitis from it. But the pain of being stung by a tarantula wasp oh. is excruciating. Oh, oh, you know you've been bitten by something. It is excruciating because there. And the <clears throat> thing is, because it's a wasp. Wasps can sting multiple times. They don't have to just sting once. They can sting as many times as they want. They're not like bees. Bees have a barb on the end of their stinger. So when they sting you, the stinger stays behind and that's what ends up killing the bees because it gets ripped out. But wasps, they don't have that problem. They just sting, 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 sting. So you could be stung once or more than once. And those hot, those wasps, the tarantula hawk wasp, the venom from their stinger is so potent. It feels like you've been shot. Yeah, yeah so
0: (laughs) that was quite the quite the thing although i think i only had one day off uh,
1: sick leave oh no you had a few days off you were you were at least a week or two because of the cellulitis. and i remember you were laid up on the couch and it was excruciating for you to move around and your leg was red Mm -hmm. like beet red
0: folks do not get stung by a tarantula hawk wasp take it from me who's had that experience yes well Uh, gary We have spent uh, our time sharing uh, with our listeners one of the world's most incredible natural places. That it is, and if anyone has any way of getting to and visiting White Sands National Park in Alamogordo, New Mexico,
1: it would be well worth your time. Let me say this: There's a reason why they call New Mexico the Land of Enchantment. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of places. That's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but just in general there's just so many amazing things to see throughout the state it's definitely worth going and we didn't talk about it but i'll throw it in there uh white sands is also where they tested the atomic bomb yes it's close part, to there yeah, to close there. to there trinity and site is close to there it's part of the park it is but uh
0: it's only open uh once a year because it's still radioactive
1: yeah well i <laughs> mean the atomic bomb yeah um but uh it has that history, and then, of course, the missile range in the um, Holloman Air Force Base uh, back when the Gulf War was going on, and even after that. They had the stealth fighter bombing. Yeah, they would frequently uh, do military exercises at the park mm-hmm. uh, because it closely resembled, uh, you know, And it's the next Eastern to White Desert. Sands
0: Missile Range.
1: Right, exactly, where they do a lot of experiments. Very interesting rocket. area. Yeah. yeah, it's a fun place to visit, and uh, it's got a lot of great history to it. So, Well, until next time. I'm uh, Richard, fully
0: recovered from the tarantula hawk wasp bite.
1: (laughs) Yeah, at least 30 years later. (laughs) And I'm Gary. And uh, again, if you liked what you heard, uh, like and subscribe to our show and uh, join us every Friday for new stories. Till next time.